Welcome back to Bon Voyage, everybody. I'm Rob. I'm Adam. And with us for the third time is our good friend, Ryan. Oh, hey. I'm back. Say hello, Ryan. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How are you today? I'm uh, wonderful. Very looking, much looking forward to this one because I've actually seen it. <laughs> and it's a bit more your speed? Well, you know, in retrospect, maybe not. I don't know. I still, It still drives the nostalgia, I guess, for me. Right. What, what were the other two that you've done? Oh, jeez. My memory's shot. Man with a Golden Gun and... You Only Live Twice. Yeah, two classics now. I actually remembered. I just wanted to give somebody else an opportunity to talk. <laughs> yeah. Good try, Rob. Thank you. And your memories of those. You, you were a little, uh, if I remember, uh, a little bored. Not such a fan of the older movies, but you're finally here for a Brosnan one, which is, yeah, the action's a bit better, and you at least have the nostalgia factor, so hopefully it'll go a bit better, even though the one that we're watching is Die Another Day. Well, I think I know, I figured it out. Like, anything that's pre-CGI for me, CGI has just ruined that kind of cinema for me. You know what I mean? Like, this one is like... Kind of. I think this one's probably overdone. That's why, like, yeah. as a kid, I liked it. As regular listeners will know, I'm the opposite. I uh, CG has made all those pre-CG movies better because I see the actual practical effects and that they actually built all of these sets and all that stuff. And CG is just computer engineers make movies now instead of set designers. And I'm a lo- or graphics designers, sorry. Mm-hmm. Which is equally impressive. It's just not my thing. It's a different kind much of art. Thing. Absolutely. And as you'll see in this, like, I don't know, I like the master craft of the old school filmmakers where they capture everything on the camera, whereas now it's, ah, wrap it, we'll do it in post. The only thing they always did in post was the ADR, like the dialogue, because they couldn't capture that out on location. But otherwise, everything you see was, you know, right in frame. And that's more my style, cinema. Otherwise, it's like... uh, yeah, they're cartoons. It's different. It's animation. That's how I see it. Yeah, l- like you said, maybe it's just like less work on set and more behind the scenes. Yeah. There's so much campiness with Bond, so it's, you know, it's arguably not that great a cinema. Oh, you haven't watched enough of them, my friend. <laughs> I guess I haven't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you saw two of the more campy ones. I, actually, Man with a Golden Gun isn't Raji's most campy, not by far, but You Only Live Twice is definitely one of the most campy of uh, Sean Connery's. And this one, I don't know that they speak in true dialogue in this movie. I know that I don't like to lead you guys you know, uh, down a path before we even watch it, but this whole thing is pith from what I remember. It's just banter nonsense, but we'll see. Man, I can't wait for that. Uh, see if you notice, there's a couple scenes in particular where that happens. We'll see if you guys pick them up, too. It's like if you put all of the other Bond uh, movies together, you made this one. It's the formula. Ah, interesting. Well, we'll find out. It, I mean, that might make sense because they really lay on the whole 40th anniversary thing. I was telling you this today, Adam. Last week, I said, look out for all the Easter eggs from the former movies. That's actually this one. They uh, they reference a lot of the older movies, so you might be right there. 
It doesn't work though. Combining from what I remember again, and I, I got to not give so much of an opinion. I've never watched this one. Well, I've never done this whole experiment before. Obviously I haven't watched this in order. Like I haven't seen this one aside from when we want to do like a bond drinking game since possibly it came out. Cause it, I don't watch it earnestly ever. So maybe I'll enjoy it more. I, I, I have, such a good taste in my mouth of Pierce Brosnan. I think this is going to just be, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really enjoying them too, more than I ever have. I think as I got such Roger Moore fatigue, I'm, I've really been enjoying the Brazies, just the faster pace. And we were just getting bond fatigue in general. We're uh, having these at the end really helped. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, this one should be fun. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Well, hold on there. Uh, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure this is the one I watched the most recent prior to us starting this, Adam. When did we start this? Like March? Yeah, sometime. I don't know. I don't know. Forever ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched this one this year. We tried again. Actually, no, we watched the whole thing. It This one, I think, besides Diamonds Are Forever, is my most frequently stopping halfway through. Because it's really? pretty good for, well, again, I don't want to give too much away, but it doesn't start out horrible. I mean, after the gum barrel scene, as you'll see. Uh, You're giving so much away already, man. I know. I can't <laughs> help it. You're going to have to just, you'll you'll have to prepare an intro for when we do Skyfall so I don't just say everything before we watch it. Yeah, that sounds smart. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan and I were talking a little bit right before we came on about the summary. He's like trying to get it all in his head already to do like a decent summary. But then I said, we're trying to do them shorter. Well, and he says he's got something fun prepared for us. So look forward to that. Well, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll change it up to be short for sure. Oh, okay. Right on. Well, still look forward to that. Check us out on Twitter or Instagram at 007 Voyage or email us at 007 Voyage at gmail.com. Uh, anything else there, Adam? No, I'm just excited. Let's watch the film. Let's do this. I'm going to turn the air conditioning back on. See everybody yeah. soon. <laughs> See you soon. Okay, we're back. We're back. And this dreaded, this what uh, number heat wave do you think this is? People who, uh, I know that you keep playing with the edit about where we live or whatever, they're going to think we live in like Saharan Africa, <laughs> the way we bitch yeah. about the heat. Uh, sorry, yeah. uh, die another day. Yeah, how's everybody feeling? Adam, how, how are you with your last Brazi movie? Uh... There's no easy way to say this, but man, this is fucking awesome, dude. <laughs> That's it was. I loved it. Every minute. Oh, man. So oh. good. <laughs> Ryan, you too, eh? Oh, I can't. I, I relived my childhood. Yeah. I can't believe this is like a, a crit- criticized low-tier film based on what you've told me. What do you mean? All right. All right. I had a lot of fun, and that was so great, and it was, you know a riot or whatever. I can get on board with that. 
but you can obviously see why this is such a heavily criticized movie. It's completely asinine. Almost, aside from a few decent parts, it's just bonkers. More even dude, than Octopussy. It, dude, it's a fucking Bond movie, man. Like, but you've just watched twenty of these. Those are tip. Yeah. There is a different standard. The, it, like this doesn't exist in reality. There's no actual. Like I said, dialogue or anything. They're not even trying. It's just it's a parody of itself. And I get it. I'm I actually enjoyed it more than usual. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it because, uh, you know, well, where we're at after having watched all these. uh, But still, it's it's a whole other thing unto itself it's not like any other bond movie it's like it's closer to austin powers every time halle berry punched someone i keep expecting her to say shazam like beyonce does in gold member <laughs> <laughs> like that wouldn't be out of place in this movie well she had a lot of one-liners boy did she Dead. ever yeah yeah it's rare that the bond girl actually has almost as many as bond she might have even had more I might want to just get this out of the way first, actually. I, I had forgotten about this. Uh, there were talks that the Michael Madsen character, the CIA guy, like M's counterpart to the U.S., and Jinx, that was going to be a whole new series of movies. Yeah, yeah, it was a spinoff, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, a spinoff franchise. The marketing on this movie was unreal. Uh, just a couple other things was like uh, there was a Revlon 007 color collection and uh, a Bond Barbie. <laughs> a Bond Barbie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For this movie? Yeah. And she, like in Halle Berry's uh, suit and then Ken had the 007 stuff. Oh, my oh, God. Amazing. <laughs> well, I'm glad that crashed and burned. Uh, I don't know, man. Like. I know it's not what you like out of the Bond stuff, but for me, this is this is what is good about Bond for me. Like, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and uh, I, and that too seriously, like, yeah, at yeah. all seriously. It doesn't take itself seriously at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I love. It's like I was thinking about like this and Honor Majesties are now two of my favorite for entirely different reasons. Well, that's fair. See, I got no problem with that. But well, what I was going to say is, and this would actually be true of Honor Matchy Secret Service too. If all these, if all the movies were die another day, it would never have survived. There needs to be some quality there, actual issues and some drama and something impressive about the filmmaking or whatever. Like this didn't have anything that advanced the franchise further it's all callbacks all very heavy 2002 terrorism dialogue crap wait hey hey, 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 hey. whoa 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 didn't it make them most (laughs) money like to that point probably so (laughs) like that that okay that helps make more movies rob yeah Yeah. how many more did brosnan do after this despite how much money it made that's not the point (laughs) He went off in a bang. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and hey, like, it's not like some people, like, people go to see the crazy bonkers shit, right? Some do, yep. Like, and if you look at percentage of Bond movies that are freaking bonkers compared to ones that are, like, serious spy movies, mm-hmm. there's way more bonkers ones. Because Roger I, Moore did so many. Yeah. 
this is like peak cinema bond too. Like this is pre Netflix, like the last one I think before Netflix. Well, okay, you say it made so much money up until, but this was also in the uh, like when movies started to make crazy amounts of money. Skyfall beat it, Spectre beat it, Quantum probably even beat it. Like Spectre is now the highest budget or highest uh, box office one. Yeah, for sure. Like, but it would be inter- it'd be interesting to look at uh, inflation on those. But uh, you're right. Well, if, if you want to look at inflation too, go back to like, did it make 10 times what it put into it? Like the early ones did, like Goldfinger did. Yeah, that'd be interesting to look and, at. And again, it's not just about box office. And I don't know. I don't think that half of them are bonkers, Adam. Ha- like there are like a bit crazier ones. Like, like the spy you love me is a little crazy with the underwater village he wants to make. But it's not this. There's no... It, maybe it would have been had they had the CG tech, but there was still dialogue and pretended to have some drama. Like the all- yeah, but I, I don't know. Like some of the core qualities of Bond movies are like crazy villain schemes, cues, bonkers gadgets, like Bond's one-liners. Like those are some of the essential things, more so than like serious dramatic dialogue. But the reason it lasts is because it has this formula but offers something new with each generation and each new one and has quality behind it at least often it can have your moon rakers and your die another days and your diamonds are forever and you're really crazy going out there ones and they're really fun and so much fun to experiment with but if they only did this and the other reason i don't like it is because it's shit like this that outsiders that muggles think of <laughs> when they think of James Bond, they think of the tsunami ride and asshole <laughs> instead of honor majesty secret service. Yeah, but that's, that's okay to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, proud of this one. I actually, <laughs> this sucks that you guys love it so much. Cause I loved it more than I think I ever have this time. Yeah. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And like, it's fun to make fun of. And like you said, it's not like some of them, Actually, no, like the silly ones never try to take themselves too seriously, which is good. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of criticism Spectre gets, which we haven't watched yet, is that it does some silly stuff, but still takes itself seriously. And that bugs a lot of people like Roger Moore's. They all knew what they were. And I got to give it credit for that. There are some movies that are just outrageous, but think they're awesome. Like some Marvel movies do that. Like think they're really dramatic and like angsty, but are just ridiculous and silly. Like this mm-hmm. certainly doesn't do that. <sighs> and I, I guess I feel like out the gate because of the priming. And even when I looked at the Wikipedia page, it was like, oh, there's so much criticism with this movie and Brozzy didn't do anymore. I feel like I have to defend it because I think it was so awesome. And he's awesome in it. And man, it yeah. the first like 35 minutes Aside from a couple things, it's really quite good. Uh, and then for the next, you know, 95 minutes, it's still quite good. Man, I just, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. There's a fucking sword, two two sword fights. Dude, best part. <laughs> One of the best parts. Honestly. And no CGI uh, in that, Rob. No CGI in those scenes. No, no. <laughs> yeah, just I, okay. just really good stunt doubles. <laughs> that that fencing Which into I sword love. fight was the best fight action scene I've ever like that I, I've seen. I like it a lot. It was so great for the stunts and no CG. I love all of that, but 
guys, this guy's clearly the bad guy. It didn't like he showed his cards right away. He's a complete fucking psychopath and it's obvious. And we're only like 40 in and they're still pretending for a while that he's just this diamond dude. No, they know he, there's something up with them. They don't know what it's just like every other movie where they're like, we know this guy's like even dr- fucking Drax at the beginning and sure. Uh, Moonrise but he's like sinister oh, 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 oh. and quiet. Guys, guys on that point, on that time, can I do my short summary? Sorry, yes, go for please, it. Please, please, please. Okay, so I, I did do this one while the film was. I have a longer one if you want to hear it later. But, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that one I didn't even finish because I just focused on the short one. But <clears throat> three, three sentences, long sentences, but three. <laughs> An M16 agent gets himself tortured, betrayed, and stripped of his double O status. To clear his name, he must expose a race shifter's plot to brazenly reunite Korea through a massive mirror satellite system dubbed Icarus. Just as with his last 19 missions, Bond kills the villain, saves the girl twice, <laughs> and, and the world, or at least the DMZ. Yeah, I was gonna say just Korea this time. Man, very well done. You even included like awesome, his man. the full villain plot. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. It right well down. done. I was gonna say, and this is me cheating because of how I did my notes this time. Instead of doing it like by theme or whatever, do you want to just go through the flick a little bit since you guys are gushing so much and there's so many just funny things? I think I've seen it enough that we could just do that. Sure, if you can pull us along there. Yeah, I have stuff to say. Because there's so much, well, again, like I said, there's so much good early, except for the first friggin' part. Like, that so sets the stage for how how outrageous this is. Did you notice the difference in the gun barrel? Oh, the, oh, was it, so just the bullet? Yes. Yes, the bullet. Is that necessary? A big CG bullet coming right at the screen? (laughs) You don't want to make fun of it? None of this is necessary, man. It's all for fun. All right. Uh, we can't we can't do this the entire episode. And I get what you're saying. But there are. Like, well, wait for next week. And as you've said, with like From Rush With Love and Majesties, there is good movies here. And there's often little drips and drab of it. But with this one, they didn't. There's even the coolest scenes. They know what they're doing. It's not they're not trying to make cinema here. It's. Post 9-11, 2002, we're getting a fucking popcorn movie together. That's all there is to it. Like, they're they're not trying to win any awards with this movie. That's for damn sure. We're going to fling a bullet right at your face right from the get-go. <laughs> and, you, and you know what, man? That hit the spot better than any other artsy shit would have tonight. Look at you. Uh, tonight, I agree. But it's funny. You're the artsy guy here. And I'm just like, <laughs> I love Bond movies. Like, I, I don't... You know, I'm not a snob, but I do like, I like them to try a little bit. Like they don't try at all for quality at any point. It's just. I, I'm going to disagree with you, but we'll get to it later. I have some examples of. of good stuff. Yeah. I, he looks amazing. He's great. I love Brazi. And he has, uh, he has certainly undeniably jumped Roger Moore in these, in Bond Voyage and this whole experiment. I used to like dither a little bit between whether I like Roger Moore or him more. Uh, yeah, it's solidly Brosnan for sure. Like he's, for sure. it's such a nineties thing. And I feel like the quality isn't as good, but he's just 
James Bond so much more than Roger Moore is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how do you feel about the idea? Can you imagine you hear some kind of crazy SEAL Team 6 situation where they go into North Korea and how they infiltrated with surfboards? <laughs> <laughs> like, and they're just surfing. Like, we didn't see them fall out of a plane or anything. I, I, I can't nitpick from, like, mid or like 15 seconds into the movie the whole way through, but uh, you guys are just fine with that. That's cool. Fun spy crazy shit. Yeah, whatever, man. Okay, we're back after some technical difficulties here. We uh, Ryan left us at what point, did you say? Uh, you said that it was post-9-11, and they just wanted to make a popcorn flick to make people happy. That. Man, does that ever sound like something I would say? I stand by it. It does. <laughs> and Adam probably said, "Yeah, what's the big friggin' deal, man? I like popcorn. Deal with it." And then <laughs> I said, "Yeah, man, like felt so good, man. Give me that in my bones." That's right. And then we started talking about the pre-title sequence and silly idea of surfing into North Korea. Now you're caught up, Brian. So, uh, shall we start with that uh, that amazing? opening scene of them surfing into north korea it it looks kind of cool but it's fucking ridiculous which is basically (laughs) my summary of this movie it's not even the only time he surfs in the movie (laughs) i don't know if that uh whatever you call it parasurfing is is that what you call that (laughs) parasailing on a tsunami Uh... he surfed that iceberg bud all right uh yeah let's deal with the pre-title sequence though i like i really enjoy like i think the whole thing i i had written down that the uh the colors are really cool in it like the whole color shading was different yeah i wrote that too that it seems like darker than usual i don't know if that was because like the born movies had come out it looked a little bit like that like it just it didn't look like a 90s movie like the other bond or the other brosnan ones did it wasn't so bright like it yeah, it was definitely different. So you were expecting a darker movie than we ended up getting. The pre-title sequence and the color made it seem like we were going to get a much darker flick. And especially like exactly what happened in the pre-title going into the main part of the movie. Uh, being captured and tortured and whatnot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 14 months of torture. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. But yeah, like, before before that, like it's, it's a little bit silly and uh, like a bit more extreme than we often get with the hovercrafts and whatnot, but it was a pretty cool action scene, a pretty cool chase and shooting those mines. And it looked like they did a lot of practical effects there. They were blowing up a lot of rides. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. Saved by the bell. Yeah. I wrote down saved by the bell. And when he gave him the diamonds, he said, don't blow it all. (laughs) Nice, man. We can talk about Zhao more as we go, but what a tough son of a bitch. Like He's one of the best yeah. henchmen ever. I don't sure. know about that, I but I mean, you guys are both crazy people tonight. He's pretty great, <laughs> but uh, uh, when I get a splinter, like I'm a baby. I got to like deal with that right away. I, I can confirm. Yeah. Rob's a baby. Well, splinters freaking suck. <laughs> can you imagine getting like... 18 diamonds in your face and just standing up and continuing the fight that bro should be (laughs) balling 
Yeah. Uh, I had in the pre-title when they're doing that action scene, it, it, it almost felt like a callback in a way. Like you could really tell there was a green screen behind them on the hovercrafts. Oh, yeah. And it made me think of like the Connery car chase rear projection stuff. Right. It reminded me, I don't know how well you remember, Adam, but the diamonds are forever chased through the desert with the moon buggy. For some reason, I was thinking of that. <laughs> hmm. when the, well, with the diamonds being such a central theme in this one, of course, you think of diamonds are forever a lot. Yeah. Even well, straight up when the guy, when Grave says diamonds aren't for everyone. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Pretty uh, promising pre-title, though, followed by... A really cool title sequence, but a, you got to agree with me on this okay. one. That is a garbage song, right? Not by garbage like last week, but a garbage song. Before before we get to that exactly, the transition to that title sequence was fucking awesome. Yeah, I I actually didn't remember it being that cool. The transition to it and the tr- transition out of it were both really cool. Yeah. Which this is my first example of how this is actually secretly a really good movie is they the transition in again for people who haven't seen it in a while or something they he gets captured and they're basically like uh, torturing him by shoving his head underwater and they do that a couple times and that's what brings us into the title sequence which is a normal Bond title sequence but the kind of obscured thing in the background that you get is a montage of him being tortured. And then you come out the other side of the title sequence and it's 14 months later and he looks like a caveman with long hair and a beard and everything. Yeah, it's it's very rare if I don't think it ever happens once in a while. Like I think in uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, you had some like flashbacks, clips from previous movies. But I don't think you ever have plot happening in the title sequence, like showing what's. Yeah. And just like I, I feel like we don't get a lot of missed time from Bond within the movie. Like, usually we see him kind of go along, but we have 14 months of just he was tortured. Well, in, in GoldenEye, remember, there was like a nine-year jump, and the title sequence right. just showed all the imagery, symbolism of the wall falling, all like the, you know, the hammer and sickle and all the statues coming down. But we didn't see Bond and what he was up to in those nine years like we did in this one. Right. But uh, actually, the two of those are good examples of how, sure, these are cheap action 90s movies, but there's an artfulness to that title sequence and the symbolism in GoldenEye. And then here, the actual montage and time that passes. Yeah. That's pretty artsy. I, I have to concede that it's a cool, despite it being to that garbage, garbage song, it's a cool title sequence. I, uh, you're not going to like this, but I really like the song. Of course you did. <laughs> do you not like the song, Rob, or do you not like Madonna? I don't hate Madonna. It's a bonkers. It's just, it. I guess it kind of fits the movie. It stands out worse than a sore thumb or whatever compared to every other one, even the other new ones. It's just not a Bond song at all. And mm-hmm. it's very of the time. It's a very poppy, techno-y Madonna and the worst part of her career song. And it doesn't like what Sigmund Freud analyze this, 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 this. Look, the, the Freud line was the cringy part. But hey, <laughs> hey, Ryan, defend this song for me. He can't do it. What? <laughs> I said, Ryan, you have to defend the song for me. Sorry. Oh, shit. Defend the song, pal. Can you do it? 
sing the song? No, defend no. it. Defend. Defend the song. Oh. <laughs> no, sorry, buddy. <laughs> Can't oh, do that. Man. I, I, the song, ha- it was had cool production and stuff. I like. It's that weird time in the early 2000s where people were like, we can do some weird shit and it's not aesthetically cool, but we're just going to try a bunch of random shit. That's yeah. kind of like this movie. Yeah, exactly. So the song fits perfectly. Uh, yeah, it does fit this movie. Like solidly near... Well, I, I don't want to say that. I, I used to think this is the worst Bond movie. I was going to say the wor- it does fit the worst song with the worst movie. I no longer think that having... <laughs> like not through this last watch through anyway. But I don't know. I can't defend this song. It's probably my least favorite. Because like, you know how I often say this one's a pretty good Bond song or this one's one that I could listen to outside of the Bond world? This one's neither. Like, I can't think of a context where I would enjoy the song. It's like, it's not quite country music, but it's almost there. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but I do like it more than other Bond songs. Well, you make, uh, I'm afraid of using the wrong term and offending you, but what type of music like it's because it's not techno <laughs> like compute you know no electric I, music. i'm interested in in electronic music sorry electronic general. i would yeah. say electric and then you're like that's not what it is electronic sorry electronic music and this is certainly that so i get that <laughs> yeah yeah it's more my taste it's closer to my taste even though it's a little cringy i've often been told like I act older than I am, or than I look, or something like that. But nobody has made me feel more of an old man than I have when I'm hanging out with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not an old man. <laughs> All right. So coming out yeah, of the yeah. title, it's it's really you know I, I give it a hard time because it's fun. There has to be a bottom. Like there's 24 of these movies, and and like I tweeted while we were watching it, no true Bond fan hates any Bond movie. I don't hate mm-hmm. this movie, and I don't really hate that song either. It's just fun to knock at least one of them, like I do with Octopussy. My two favorites. Oh my god, that's so funny. I, so when all of these are done, and we're doing our like either our ranking or our summing up. We really got to get into that. How your two favorite are my least favorite. We would not have called that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Majesties is still number one, but yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right, so then there's a big prisoner exchange, which was, again, a totally pretty cool scene. Like how confidently Bond was willing to just go and get executed, still not giving any information. Yeah, should I just narrate the movie? You, you guys bring something up. <laughs> you said you had a lot of notes. Maybe we won't just go through the whole thing. I'll, I'll just, like, that'll be like when Billy did the summary for Octopussy and just says the whole thing. I could probably do that with this one. Well, in this, uh, at this point in the movie, we still have Caveman Bond with his long hair and beard. Yeah. I thought it was really cool to see him in, a, you know, not just like a suave spy Englishman state. Like some different animal of a bond. Disheveled. Very. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because we've seen like broken and battered and bloody and bruised through like Timmy and Daniel. But uh, yeah, not this full, as you said, caveman. Good point. And, and he was tortured a lot, right? So he's kind of been broken down a bit and you can 
tell that. Like, he does wake up pretty quickly, and then he cleans up his look even faster in a hotel room. Yeah. But we got to see him at a bottom. Yeah, that's one of the big campinesses of the movie. One thing that's, you know, the not believable thing that they got to play off. Because he, if he was tortured for 14 months, he would have looked a lot worse and wouldn't have been able to clean him up. So, up yeah, it, it wouldn't have taken a dip through the river in Hong Kong and a quick shower at a fancy hotel to just shake off 14 months of being yeah. tortured in North Korea. And he gave himself that haircut. <laughs> like, what? He would have been arrested in Hong Kong. Like... Yeah. He, he knows people. Well, he swam right to this yacht club where apparently the concierge just knows him, even through his caveman face. Yeah. There's a few points uh, like there when he or when he faked his heart attack or whatever, when he dropped his heartbeat down so low and he was having like PTSD, like flashbacks to try to bring on his lower heart rate or whatever, even though you'd think that would stress you out, not calm you down. Uh that moment, and then like later on, halfway through the movie, when uh, you think Money Penny was killed, and like they infiltrated MI6, yeah. two things that if they had kept like a couple opportunities where it went really dark, showing like the flashbacks of him being tortured, and then that happening, if they did a little bit more of that, just a, a little bit more of the seriousness, I would have dug it a bit more. That just it's. Too much of a tease to what it could have been. Yeah, I mean, I really like those parts. I think it was a good uh, counterbalance to the silliness. They ever do that before in other Bond films? Like those kind of sequences? Oh, man. Like so, flashbacks? or uh, I can't think of flashbacks or this much slow-mo. Random slow-mo. Yeah, in- that's a really funny thing in this one of those slow-mo scenes at first i thought it was somehow related to his ptsd but then it just happens randomly yeah like a bunch of times again like inconsistently like it wasn't always at really intense moments like sometimes it was just oh, like they would do a slow-mo and then a really quick speed up like a speed reel yeah. almost like time had to catch up which is kind of a neat trick but it wasn't consistent it didn't always do that sometimes it would just be like a slow-mo I don't know, kind of like what they did in 300. <laughs> like, just slow down to get a really close look, except it didn't look nearly as good as when he did it in 300. But it's kind of like I was saying, it's the beauty of the 90s, where they're just like, we can do a bunch of shit, let's just do this stuff. 2000, just because we can. 2002, bro. We're not in the yeah, 90s Yeah, sorry. Anymore. Early 2000s. Like, this is the, you know what I mean. This is the same year the Two Towers came out, and the Two Towers look so much better. <laughs> well, th- that's apples and oranges, man. Oh, obviously. Obviously, I just mean effects wise and like they were doing cool practical like the fucking invisible car looks ridiculous. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, I love that shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. You're crazy. (sighs) Yeah, that Aston Martin is sick. Aston Martin B12 Vanquish. I love it once it's not invisible. And I loved the explanation. I mean. It was a throwback to Goldfinger when R was laying out how the whole car works and here's the handbook and then he blows it up instead of like Sean Connery just rolls his eyes and throws the book away or whatever and Goldfinger was totally a nod to that. I I could totally dig that whole scene, but like I know I'm beating a dead horse and everybody who has ever done a Bond podcast and beyond that, any article you read, they talk about the stupid invisible car. So I have nothing new to (laughs) add here. I think it's ridiculous. (laughs) And I mean, everybody involved with the movie thinks it's ridiculous. Pierce Brosnan thinks it's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have an overarching note about the effects, 
which is just that because I was thinking a lot about this and how there's these effects that are cringy and then when you watch old movies it's sometimes cringy because you can tell that it's rear projection or you know a, a shitty styrofoam door prop or something but uh I think the thing I like about these kind of effects is that it doesn't need to be believable like I know I'm watching a crazy movie or whatever yeah but I just I just think it looks cool where like those old out of date effects they don't look cool when it's like you could tell it's like you know a fake prop or something that's not cool but these effects are like at least they look cool i you know i actually do agree with you on here the the worst part of this movie isn't the cheesy effects it's mm-hmm. it's not that it's dated cuz this is like a it's funny, it's like watching the prequel Star Wars trilogy, how they were so cool when they came out because the special effects were so good. Everybody ignored that they were crap movies because it looked so cool. But now even those effects are dated, but they're dated in kind of a fun way, in campy, cheesy way. It's kind of like that now. This is almost like mm-hmm. um, we're so used to better effects that it doesn't look a whole lot better than some of the older ones. Like, this one is closer to um, For Your Eyes Only than it is to No Time to Die almost. Like it's the same the same amount of time has passed between For Your Eyes Only and Die Another Day as Die Another Day and No Time to Die, like 20 years or whatever, which is a pretty, mm. you know what I mean? Like it, it was a long yeah. time ago, so a lot of effects have changed. And yeah, I don't think it, like even the tsunami thing, it doesn't look that bad. Like the word, the... The weird multiple laser room thing looked the cheesiest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The ice CGI looks better than the water CGI. Mm. Yeah. In my opinion. His, uh, they were probably just in a big tank. But when he went, when he used the uh, rebreather again, which I loved from Thunderball, when he went down under the water, mm. he was probably just did, like that all looked really good. There was some stuff that did definitely look really good. Yeah. So let's talk about the London Underground there for a second, can we? Certainly. Yes. Yeah. So like, has he been there before? The like weird offsite MI6 thing where he met M? Yeah. No. I don't think so. Has he? Not in our... Yeah. No. Not at this point. He inspector. I don't think so. Has something very similar. And okay. he definitely goes into the underground in Skyfall, but it's in a different kind of thing. And so like that's like Eon's museum, though, right? Like all their props and stuff down there. Like in real life? Is this what you're saying? Yeah, like they brought in the museum. Oh cool. I didn't know props. that. Yeah. What's the alligator from? Uh Octopussy. <laughs> of course it is. I missed it. Is that like the one that you can crawl in? Or was yeah. it? Because in Live and Let Die, he jumps on some alligators. And in Octopussy, he yeah infiltrates Octopussy's island by wearing a stupid croc- crocodile suit. Yeah, that must he does. Be, yeah. <laughs> and he, yeah. As I've said repeatedly, he's a crocodile in that one. Yeah, he's a yeah. gorilla in that it's one. A he's a clown one. in that one. He's Tarzan. And he pretends one. to be Tarzan in that one. And and I just gotta point this out that my favorite part of the whole film is that John Cleese was Q, and I wish he would have yeah. done more. I than actually one thought film. he did pretty well in this one. Hey, he's R, not Q. He's quartermaster. <laughs> uh, he was in no t- or uh, sorry in the world is not enough. The one that we just did mm-hmm. last week. He Q is like introducing him as his predecessor. 
Sorry. Okay. Not predecessor. Successor. Right. <laughs> but then they bur- Yeah. Okay. But I felt the introduction was awkward, but this one was fine. Totally good. Yeah. He kept the mantle going. Yeah. It was exactly like the new Q does Q different. They have a young Q. It's like the, as you'll see next week, Adam, sorry. You'll love him too. Mm-hmm. But like they just did the exact same thing with yeah. our. Like straight up to, what was the saying? Uh, shit, what did he say to him? Something that Q always says. Uh, uh, I forget. Are even used as catchphrases, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he just fit the shoes exactly. Like filled in his shoes. But uh, yeah. he, I think he did it well. And I think if he had gone on to do it, if, if it was a different universe and there was more Brazies and not Craig and please did Q for a while yeah. it would have been good totally fine like it's they made a bold and risky choice shifting years and I think it worked mm-hmm. like Casino Royale being the next one just three years later like completely shifting direction like like I said this was so it's 2002 five years after the first Austin Powers this is right around gold member they're doing the basically the same movie like it was it's becoming a joke and they could have kept going because it was a success. I think there's an interview of Brosnan talking about that. Like it made more than they expected. It did really well. It's just they became a monster that they didn't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. We don't like what we're doing anymore. And they had to shift gears. That's all. You're right. With R though, they absolutely had a, a continuation of what had been. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's just I kind of feel like. Marvel gets to that point and certainly all the Star Wars stuff that's out there like you're just doing the same thing you, you gotta shift it up once in a while well and yeah. that was the time when quote unquote the anti-hero got popular and the Dark Knight was a big thing right was it around then not quite yet but nearly Batman Begins came out three years after this oh five yeah so getting there so yeah. like around when Bond rebooted roughly yes definitely the definitely. same way sorry that yeah. did yeah yeah, for sure. That was, you're right, Craig's uh, beginning of Bond or whatever. That period was, yeah, Peak Sopranos, Breaking Bad just started. Antihero characters were definitely yeah, the rage. Just m- more of a serious tone reverting from that crazy uh, 90s into early 2000s stuff. Well, that's, that's also, again, speaking to the time. Like in the history of cinema, the movie, popular movies of the time reflect the world that they're in. And like 90s movies are 90s movies because it was a lull post Cold War peacetime booming economy. And then 9-11 happening, you had crazy heroic movies like this right away when we just needed to support the troops and support America. But then we needed that uh, that clear who is the enemy sort of film. Exactly. But then there was a quick blowback to that, like 05, 06, when everybody saw that like war in Afghanistan and Iraq and everything wasn't going like we planned and maybe we're the baddies. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> there's a whole series of, yeah, the anti here. I like how uh, there, M has a line when she's stripping him of the status, said, while you were away, the world changed. Mm. And, it, and it did sum it up from the last Bond film, but also that that event, the 9-11 in between. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I liked her in this. She's uh, she's very consistent from this one to the one we're watching next week, which 
again, inflates my ego with this whole chronology that we built. Chronology's working, man. <laughs> it really is. She, Bent will always be my M. Always. She's so good. She's so cold. Like she, <laughs> where was your cyanide? You're, you're supposed to, I threw it away years ago. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, Love man. that. And Cleese is uh, quippy. Uh, he's like, hands it uh, the watch, and he's like, 20th, I believe. And it was the 20th yeah, movie, yeah. right? It was yeah. originally, yeah. Of he, Eon Productions, right? Yes. Yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. 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 He asked, like, of course, through his lab, there were so many, like, the jetpack was there. Yeah. The, oh my God, I laughed at this, tweeted about that, because he picks up. Kleb's boot, yeah, from yeah, uh, from, from Russia with Love, and it's poisoned in the bu- in the movie. Like she stabs people like in the leg, and like that shouldn't kill you, but it's poisoned. Like, and it, they even mention that it's a really quick acting venom mm-hmm. or whatever, and they die like within fifteen seconds. And he's just playing with it, fiddling with it with his fingers. I laughed pretty hard at that. But yeah, there's that nod, and he also asks for a Bollinger sixty one or something, which is I think what he drinks in. Uh, in Dr. No, it was like a yeah. new batch, which came out in 62. There's a, yeah, it was quite self-referential. Let's go through more of those nods while we're at it. I had also, um, there was one time he's walking through an area and there's a bunch of funhouse mirror looking things like from man with a golden gun. Yep. Yep. Uh, I had when fricking graves or whatever arrives to meet the queen, he has the, the, Union Jack parachute. Of course, Spy yeah. Love Me. I was going to mention that one too. And yeah. then just when um, Jinx is getting, you know, assassinated by Kill, uh, it's with like a laser strapped to a table, just like Goldfinger. Yeah. And when she's first introduced and comes out of the water in slow motion with a knife on her hip is Honey Rider from uh, Dr. No. That's right, yeah. And there are more, and uh, I'm drawing a blank, but there's, yeah, it's, it's littered. They went to Cuba. <laughs> That in itself, I think, is a testament. Uh, Well, they don't... Yeah, it's more Jamaica, the old Bond ones. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's where Ian Fleming wrote the novels, was in Jamaica. He had a... That's where GoldenEye Resort is. That's where his estate was. But Brazi went to Cuba in GoldenEye. Hmm. And... Craig, no, Craig went to the Bahamas. He's been to Cuba a few times, I think, Bond. Still hasn't been to Canada, but been to Cuba a few times. Uh, this is just a side note that I'll just fit in now while I'm thinking of it. Mm-hmm. But the whole time in this movie, there's these diamonds. And they refer to them specifically as conflict diamonds. <laughs> yeah. Are these not blood diamonds and they're just calling them conflict diamonds? <laughs> they're often referred to as conflict diamonds as well. It's the more... Like CNN might call them conflict diamonds or whatever. It's like a it's a safer PC way of saying blood diamonds. Yeah, yeah, that's what it seemed like. <laughs> and Fox tells you they're blood diamonds. <laughs> yeah, Cuba. It's funny we mentioned Cuba. That to me was the turning point. Up and like when she came out of the water and they had that awkward, awkward dialogue. I'm just here for the birds, mojito. Like that whole scene where that was all like. <laughs> They spoke in one-liners, just pith and yeah. Do you know where they filmed that? No. They filmed it. They filmed it in Spain. It was actually cold that time of year. So. Oh, that's funny. If you like, you look at like behind-the-scenes photography, you'll see Halle Berry in like towels trying to warm up. Oh, that's great! Oh wow. Maybe she's a better actress than I thought, because she <laughs> did look hot. <laughs> You're right. 
we'll give her that. But we could talk about her for a second if you want. We usually yeah. talk about the Bond girls. Boy, oh boy, does she ever like? She kind of reminded me of Christmas Jones from last week. Like, just not believable. Like, she's fit, I guess, but. And Halle Berry's capable of being a good actress. Like, did they say, no, Halle, act worse? No, pretend you just read the line. Halle, stop being good. Okay, there, that's better. <laughs> like, There's I, definitely some awkward lines and stuff, but man, I, she was much better than Dr. Jones. Oh, man, I don't know. Like, I'm almost half the person I used to be. Like, is that, that what you're going to say? Yeah, when yeah. the lasers are fl- Like, it's so stupid. Shut up. <laughs> I feel like there was probably a, bu- it seems like there was a bunch of lines that they were like, you got to say this. And then she was like, are you kidding me? That sounds stupid. And they're like, you gotta. And then she's like, like lines like that. And she's like, well, I'm going to make it sound as stupid as hell then if you're making me say it. I do wonder the same thing. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like Halle Berry is capable of better results. What is happening here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I-, I think her as a character though is really good. She, I mean, we talk all the time about bonds equal is is great to see and she's an opposite number on the nsa not the cia or whatever yeah um yeah she was super capable yeah i like all that too she's and she straight executed that dude at the clinic and had that pretty pretty wicked escape doing the i thought that was the most heroic thing in the whole movie shutting down that fucking eugenic science (laughs) yeah (laughs) honestly probably not like, wrong he's like people we don't care about here or there he was yeah. a freaking villain yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah like we use orphans and <laughs> yeah yeah that's so funny you're right there's so many assholes at the on that island <laughs> yeah she was pretty badass yeah too bad she can't deliver a single good line but that's not her fault that's the writing well okay yeah. i'm talking about the character i won't even blame it on halle berry like her actions are great her lines are terrible and often it's actually the reverse. Some Bond girls just get in, like in The Man with the Golden Gun, the lady, what's her name? Goodnight, Good who night. ended up in the trunk and like knocked her ass against the button that set off the thing in, in uh, Scaramanga's lair. Like her actions were stupid, but she was good earlier. Like she delivered some funny lines. I didn't find Halle Berry had any good lines. She was so unbelievable the whole time. I actually kind of liked that opening interaction with between her and Bond where they are just doing that like coy, just just like cheesy flirt wit thing. Because like that's all he talks in anyway, right? It's like stupid one liners. So it's kind of like there's a way to do it, though. It's like there have been other moments in the Bond movies where the Bond woman and Bond are sizing each other up. And like taking each other's number a little bit and they speak an innuendo. This like it felt like a really bad play or or like an audition tape where they're like they did it for the first time is how I felt in that scene in particular. I I didn't find it as jarring, honestly, but maybe I was looking through rose colored glasses because I was just having a nice time watching this movie. I'm just here for the birds. Ornithology. That's quite the mouthful. James, put it back yeah. in. Oh, okay. The fucking weirdest part in that that whole kind of sequence is when they're having sex and she like pulls out a knife and then a random piece of fruit and just starts cutting it up and eating it. Well, that's a big power move on her. I'm surprised you don't like that. 
I think it's hilarious. <laughs> that kind of adds to what you were saying. Like, she is his equal. She's like throwing her dom moves down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> her her dom move is I have a piece of fruit you weren't expecting. Right. <laughs> I just think it's funny. It is pretty funny. I'm Foxy Jinx, and I'm a whole lot of woman. <laughs> you got any more notes, Ryan? I'm sorry, we're talking over you, buddy. I don't feel it's like okay, I've heard from you in a while. I, I think it's hilarious listening to you too. <laughs> it's funny. We we started this like we did a couple just ourselves. Then we're like, we gotta get guests in here because uh, I don't know that we have enough to talk about. And it's I mean, there's <laughs> you other reasons. Do, to- obviously. <laughs> Yeah, and Apparently. there's other reasons to have guests. Obviously, it's great to have outside opinions, especially frequent guests who kind of get used to the format. But uh, yeah, we we argue. I mean, this is how we act at work too. We we can talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, yeah. Do you have? Any, are we skipping over any of your notes or anything? Uh, I think I've mainly got uh, everything. Okay. Um, Up until this point, just uh, yeah, I just got a few little notes about some of the vehicles and. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite ride aside from the Vanquish? Oh, it was a Vanquish, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> the Jaguar XKR was nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Barry's uh, Ford Thunderbird. Right. That matched her bikini. <laughs> what was uh, Diamond Face driving on the uh, on the ice? That was the Jaguar, right? That was the Jag? Yeah, yeah. yeah that was That's a pretty cool car. What was the one uh, in Cuba that he got from the sleeper agent? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was like an old, like, caddy, wasn't it? That he got from the... It was like an old 50s car. It was an old uh, sedan, like a Chrysler, even, maybe. I don't even know. Oh, you're our resident car guy, so... Yeah, and I, sh- I didn't get that one. I'll have to look into it. Well, it would be like a... When was the embargo put in in Cuba? Because like that's last uh, well, year. 60, this, 63. This car stopped rolling in there. Or sorry, sixty-one was the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? Sixty-three was when he was killed. Okay. So some fifties sedan of some kind. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, fun fact about the cars: the Jag and the Martin, um, that they were modified to be four-wheel drive okay. for the on the ice. Oh right, right. Oh wow. Yeah, and. Um, there was four, four of each of them, and they wrecked them all. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I listened to a Tarantino interview a while ago when he was pushing his book, and uh, the guy interviewing him asked about that, about how do you feel destroying all these awesome cars? And he's like, well, it's a whole industry around it. You know, they don't mind. Like they use action, especially Tarantino. He has to go find the authentic cars and he uses like old ones, especially like, but for car guys finding out that they're destroying all of these cars, it's, it's such an insult <laughs> just for his stupid movie. It's for cinematic purposes. It lives for longer that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's that was, captured permanently. It was a pretty, uh, fun car chase very different on the ice and here's another i'll we can talk about the car chase if you want but the whole ice palace everything in general i in the past was too hard on it it's a like because i talk a big game about these old bond movies about how awesome these elaborate layers are why would i shortchange this one it's pretty cool it's 
ridiculous and the plot around it's ridiculous and that he blows it up himself is a little stupid, but it looks pretty cool. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't win set design that year. Oh, wait, it was the same year as the Two Towers, right? Yeah, yeah. okay. It might not be Helm's Deep, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's like... That's the shit I like. And honestly, I wanted to say, like, the car chase, I actually liked quite a bit. Like, this this movie had, I think, my favorite action sequences, which usually I'm, like, falling asleep for. Right. But, like, the ice is just... I just yeah. And the sword fight, those were freaking awesome. Yeah, I... I may have been too harsh on the sword fights. I really actually liked it. I was like really enthralled. And then I actually LOL. I laughed. I was like, holy fuck. I forgot this was a James Bond movie. Like it was a better <laughs> sword fight. It was like Game of Thrones for a second. Like, yeah. or, or like the two towers. Like we were saying, like, what the hell is this? Like, like has knocking... Madonna ever, or did a, a musical person oh. ever make a, a cameo? Like no. Madonna did. <laughs> absolutely not like do you think her agent said she'll do the song but madonna really fancies herself an actress these days and kind of always has she insists who, who on the she in the movie i didn't know she was in the movie she was oh, the, didn't notice it <laughs> that's no. hilarious she was uh the blonde uh at the fencing thing she was like she was frost, instructor. Um, frost oh, instructor. um verity yes exactly <laughs> that's oh. madonna yeah exactly Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Is it? That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She also, uh, even more so than Halle Berry, reminded me of Denise Richards. <laughs> like, keep, keep my she, tip up. She had yeah, one yeah. afternoon of work on that movie for sure. That makes sense that. Uh, yeah, she was introduced with the name and stuff and then just was never relevant ever again. Exactly. So it makes sense. It was a cameo. Yeah. But like there, there have been a lot of cameos in these movies before. Like uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to think of any of them. Well, the one I can think of right away, the Verizon guy. What's his name? Just went to space. <laughs> what? Who? The Verizon oh, guy. Richard Branson? Yeah, Richard Branson. He was in Casino Royale and he's just at the airport. Like, that's a cameo when you're just mm. in the back. No lines. You're just in frame for one of the scenes. Oh, um, the airline hostess in this was Roger Moore's daughter. In which one? Sorry. In um, Die Another Day. The the one who the, delivered uh, the martini? Delivers the martini, I think. Yeah. Glad I ordered it shaken. <laughs> Deborah Moore. Oh, interesting. Yes. Um, what a weird scene. That, oh, man, I forgot to mention. We, all right. We talked about uh, Buddy jumping into london to london colin uh like we oh know that was such a weird instance of music just why is a song playing in the middle of a bond movie is that the first time there's been a song playing like a popular song that's in the mm-hmm. score but not actually in the like surely in the background in the casino at some point there's been some Sinatra playing or something, but that's within the movie universe. But I don't think they've ever had non-score like a pop song playing. Like that was a really weird choice. Yeah, yeah, that was totally jarring. I feel like even in casinos and stuff, they just play like you know ambient jazz or something in the background, if anything. Yeah, yeah, well, that's so weird. Like I, I honestly felt with that scene. It was very out of place. Uh, Me too. I, I didn't even know about the musical thing. Uh, just like I felt like it was irrelevant. Like 
Yeah, he could have still came down, but he didn't have to be knighted by the queen. Like that was. <laughs> oh, sure. Like, that, that's that's an entirely different thing. It's the London. It's we don't need to hear the clash right now. <laughs> like I, I would have just liked to see him fly into his um, freaking uh, fencing lesson and meet Bond. That would have been great. It was also a weird, just editorial decision uh, to have Bond on a plane, then cut to people waiting on the ground, guy parachutes, and it's not Bond. Like, well, that was kind of the, uh, it's almost foreshadowing, because we get later that, obviously, uh, that's the Korean guy who transformed into, quote-unquote, try to look like Bond and be and modeled himself after Bond. And we get this kind of fake-out where... It seems, yeah, with the editing, it seems like it should be Bond parachuting down. And he has the Union Jack parachute, which we've seen in previous Bond movies. But then it's this fake-ass Bond. Right. I guess. And he was modeling himself after Bond. Exactly. So it's foreshadowing for that. Another artful choice. Mm, okay. But it was to London Calling, and that's just a weird choice. Yeah. Not every artful choice is a good choice. Imagine they also put the uh, like a title across the screen that just said London and London's Calling <laughs> is playing. Like just in case you didn't know, yeah. we're in London now. Oh, and here's Big Ben, and here's yeah, the bridge, and Buckingham Palace, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. And let's throw in those stupid guards and their hats at the same time. Sorry, all my British listeners, our, our British listeners. <laughs> oh shit. I quite liked uh, the introduction of Graves or whatever. Uh, just being like a, you know, cocky, pithy, you know, like Bond, like uh, on another level kind of puns yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I um, I like a subtle baddie more. Like, I don't mind knowing, like, you know how with uh, with King last week, I asked you how long till you knew she was bad. Like, I, I really yeah. enjoy when it's a twist. It's also fine when you know for sure that this is the baddie. But when you try to do both, they're like pretending he's kind of like, it's not a twist at all. When you find out this guy's bad, like clearly he's bad. He just exudes. It's in the evil. name of the movie. He's going to die another day. He didn't die. Oh, well, sure. No, nobody's paying <laughs> well, attention Well, I mean, to that. the twist is that it was the Korean guy, right? Like I didn't I get that together till closer to the end. Right. Or until he and Zhao embraced or whatever in the ice pot palace. I, I would have uh, figured it out by the time they went to the gene therapy clinic because they were showing like facial I didn't modifications. get it like back when I was still putting this movie together. I didn't get it then, but at the ice palace is when like he shows up there and they embrace each other and they talk about his father. Yeah. Like, yes, that's the, yeah, I think that's I got it reveal. by then for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was clearly obvious then. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I mean, it, it, there was subtle hints all the way, including the title. And I want to make fun of the whole idea of just completely changing your appearance and all of that. But, I mean, with the clone precedent in Diamonds Are Forever, I can't really attack it for that. Yeah, if they've been doing it since the 60s, they can do it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. even even in uh, the one I watched, where you did Asian Face, like <laughs> it's kind <laughs> of right. a nod in the opposite direction to that. That's funny. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, they're undoing yeah, right. that bad decision. <laughs> that's really funny but honestly it's so cringe yeah. like it it's like what were you thinking it's only eight or what 20 years ago if not even which this this film 
Like the you mean eighth, like that. Is it cringe? Like politically, you mean? I didn't get that. Yes. Or like racist? Yes. What? Going white face? I think I think white people are doing all right. We're not too offended at that. Yeah, it was more of just like a like he faked his death kind of. Yeah, I don't think it was like. Yeah, but it's still like it. it, They could have done all things. Oh, piss off with that! Like (laughs) piss all the piss poor plot twit like strategy there, in my opinion. Oh, if you're just talking straight up the character himself, I thought you were saying like the creators or the writers made a bad and slightly racist choice with it or something. You don't think it is to have a no? I mean, didn't even occur to me. It's not. That's like because they didn't even have the same actor play him. No, mm-hmm. they okay. should have at least tried that. Yeah, I mean that's a stretch, man. We like there's so many cosmetic things to be pissed off about. This one's a bit of a stretch. Like, but like they they almost stole it from uh, Mission Impossible, right? Because they have the face things going on. Yeah, I mean, they Mission Impossible moved. stole it from Bond originally. Anyway, that, I don't know. It's not, stealing a storyline is one thing, but I don't think this one's racist. Certainly wasn't in 2002. Like like Adam said, he was just faking his death. Like, is it? Yeah. It's anti-Asian, you mean? Like, we're not going to give you an actual villain? Like, no, it's just a twist. That's all. It doesn't need to be overthought in this case, I don't think. And there's a bunch of plot reasons for it. Like, he... His dad sent him to Harvard or whatever, or Oxford, sorry, to like study uh, for an education. So he had a precedent of being British. And then yeah. um, uh, he wanted to model himself after Bond. So that's why he's some white Englishman. Like it all like makes sense. Sure, like representation wise, it would have been nice to have just an Asian actor be the, the villain. But plot wise, that's just not how it was written. Yeah, maybe once it was revealed who he is, if they were able to somehow reverse it and it was like Mission Impossible and all of a sudden he was that actor again, so he got to wear the Iron Man suit and start blowing up the DMZ, that may have been a bit cooler, but I don't know. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, had had he on the plane been able to put on the the Vader face thing and take it off (laughs) and all of a sudden he was the old... General Zhao or whatever, General Moon. Colonel Moon? Colonel Moon. Colonel Moon. Yeah, General's his dad. Right. So my one of this is my kind of last artful point then related to this, is that his so his project, his his uh shiny tinfoil satellite laser gun, he called it Icarus, right? And there's mm-hmm. this whole father-son relationship where the father is trying to, you know, teach the kid, give him wings, give him an education so he can better himself. And then Icarus flies too close to the goddamn sun, almost literally, and, you know, gets uh, takes takes the L for that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's, yeah, naming something Icarus... Like, to me, it's almost too obvious. It's like naming your, I don't know, naming a character who's going to, like, naming someone Freudian slip or something. Like, you know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, I don't know. Like, not everyone knows, like, Icarus story super Icarus. well. Like, not everyone would get that reference necessarily. Yeah, I suppose. But just it's, an, cool it's just another layer. Yeah, That's no, cool. I, yeah, I, sorry to 
trample on that. It's a, it's a decent point. Uh, I, we've been talking, or we did mention the decent special effects. One really bad one though. And I made the joke on Twitter was the, uh, his magic arm that electrocutes people. And it looks exactly the same as when the emperor electrocutes Luke, like the blue volts going through the guy's body. It looks ridiculous. That is a really like that to me, as much as anything, like I was making fun of the bullet at the start of this episode that doesn't belong in bond. It's not sophisticated. It looks ridiculous. His whole life, like, <laughs> his Iron Man outfit and touches you and you have that, those stupid electric lights flowing through your body. It's like the worst part of return of the Jedi too. Ryan, Adam, no, uh, I didn't get that reference, but I, do you know what I do? Do you know what I'm talking? I mean, it happened several times when he used his electric arm thing. I, I, I noticed in the, in the bond movie, but I don't know star Wars well enough to get the connection to it. Well, I'm not saying they were trying to do a connection to Star Wars. I'm saying it looked fucking stupid, and it barely makes sense in Star Wars. Definitely doesn't it, it make sense. W- it was pretty stupid. I'll give you that. Like, why would it look like that? People have seen electrocutions. <laughs> like, yeah. blue lights don't go through you. It looks like like campy television crap. I don't know. Uh, that one really It's another layer. <laughs> it's just another layer. Yeah, there's there's probably some meaning we're just not smart enough to. In, <laughs> in Austin Powers, this totally could have been a joke where Dr. Evil develops a weapon that electrocutes people and then they test it in front of him on some foot soldier. And he's like, but wait a minute, I want to see blue lights going through him. But doc- <laughs> Dr. Evil, that's that's not how it works. If we electrocute him, he just dies. But I want freaking blue lights going through him. Fix it. <laughs> I really want to watch Austin Powers, man. Yeah, we'll have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Did you like their sword, the lady sword fight? At the, oh, we haven't talked about Miranda yet. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to talk about her. She's pretty cool. Although it was another case of, and you've often criticized this. Do you remember back in Quantum? Uh, What's her name? Strawberry Fields. Like comes in and turns him down, turns him down. Then okay, I'll sleep with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a bad. Uh, but then there's a twist, and it was her uh, strategy right. all along. So yes, exactly. She was yeah. playing him all along. So at least there, it kind of made sense. But there was um when she is talking with Emma about Bond, she refers to him as a blunt instrument, and it was a clear in that moment why you and all those other Bond people talk about. Uh, like use that specific term. That's funny because I I wouldn't have remembered <laughs> that being where I got it. Like that's just in the vernacular at this point. Uh, yeah. I wonder if that's uh, it could be Fleming actually. Oh, maybe for sure. And actually, the way she talked, it sounded almost like um, yeah, like it could have been out of the books or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was pretty cool. I mean, that actress is a class act. That Rosamund Pike, she's friggin' awesome in almost everything she's in. Hmm. It, it was funny having. Uh, two movies in a row that uh the lady in it like the one who you think is going to be the bond girl it almost felt like jinx was going to be the side bond girl because she was wasn't in it much and then uh frost is introduced so you think she might be the one and then she ends up being bad just like king in the last one yeah yeah i kind of liked that though a bit of back and forth and yeah me too yeah and and both very strong you know bonds equals women yeah. Read this, bitch. I broke her heart. Yeah. 
I speak it was in art, puns. Of, art of War was the book, I'm pretty sure. That's right. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she can just say a sentence. Read this, bitch. I broke her heart. Well, we got to jump out of here. Only if you... I'm not quick enough, but, you know. <laughs> needs to I don't make know. It. I, I think it was, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love you for it. It was fun. Um... I wanted to make fun of Michael Madsen's character that I guess I may have already. The CIA guy, like, you know how I often say how much NSA, whatever (laughs) Falco. I love the casting choice. Yeah. Have you seen Reservoir Dogs in the last, I don't know, a few years, Ryan? I know. I don't think you have Adam, right? Reservoir Dogs? No. Have you, Ryan? Not, not in the the recently. Yeah. He acts exactly the same. That, same like his all eyebrows and kind of threatening i mean not exactly the same because his character in reservoir dogs is a complete fucking psycho but that actor is a one note pony he's uh and just how quintessentially american he was like i as i've said so many times in this i love how much the writers of the bond movies seem to like disdain america it's really funny they do they do stereotype them yeah, the that character's name, uh, Madsen's character is Damien Falco, and <laughs> the name Falco just reminds me of Falco from Super Smash Brothers. Okay, uh, which who is from the Star Fox series? Uh, yeah, and Smash right. Bros. Melee had just come out the year before. I wonder if it's probably not, but yeah, could be. I just you clean up your mess, or we'll clean it for you. Yeah, clean clean up your house. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going in there. A president said we're not. Well, I'm sending 007 in. You're going with them. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how uh, when they like, quote unquote like kind of succeeded, he just pulled out a cigarette, and there's just a long scene of him just holding it in his mouth and, like, <laughs> and M looking at him. M just being just smug behind him. <laughs> yeah, I did like that too. I don't know if I was just getting a drink or not paying attention or what, but I didn't realize that they were. Uh, in potential uh, harm as well. Like once the explosion started, all of a sudden like command center started to blow up. I was like, why aren't you guys like at a safe location somewhere? Why is MI6 and NSA on the ground in their command center? Yeah. Like, why aren't they on a they, ship well, somewhere? They were at their base in the, the DMZ. Right. Right. I, I, once I thought about it, I remember that from last time. I just missed that bit of storyline yeah. this time around. Yeah. Pretty funny. Yeah. Like, Shit was blowing up really, like, before Bond stopped it. Like, it wasn't good editing at that point. You feel like too much got blown up, like it got too far kind of thing? Yeah, like, monitors and shit were about blowing up in their base. Right. And like, five minutes later, Bond kills him and turns it off. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe there's a fire extinguisher handy. Did you like um, Icarus's death? Gigi's death. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was one of the best Bond villain deaths I've seen. Yeah, yeah, sucked into the airplane turbine. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. And well, back. Sorry, I meant to actually say, I like that they did the uh, the hench person death way earlier. Normally, the hench person gets the last laugh. Yeah. I like that. He and they like. In case you're wondering if he made it, here's a bunch of blood, and then a half hour. <laughs> li- I, I liked that choice. Of course, he got like crushed by like a diamond chandelier. It looked like. Yeah, diamond chandelier right to the face. Like diamonds were destined to kill this guy. 
yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Graves or Moon or whatever the Iron Man's death. Uh, we haven't talked like the Elon Musk comparisons with him being like this millionaire playboy crazy dude driving his fast yeah. cars and all that. Like we've actually said on the show before how Elon could totally be a Bond villain. I forgot that he sort of already is. It's it's funny that we had Tomorrow Never Dies. We had like a Steve Jobs esque one, yeah, and now yeah. we have an Elon Musk esque one. So where's yeah. the? We just waiting for the Bezos, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Who knows? It's funny that No Time to Die is about a virus, and it it got delayed because of a virus. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's funny. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like, what was the line that Bond said when he hit the like time for something about gravity? Time for you to. Oh, um, yeah. Like he said, like he said something to him, like time for you to meet your death. Yeah. Time for, like, you, time to for meet you to meet gravity. gravity or something. Oh, so bad. But not even gravity. He didn't fall to his death. He got sucked into the. the exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's just stupid. <laughs> and the fight was that outfit. I can't get over that. That was it. Like if you just had a freeze frame of that crazy man wearing that ridiculous, like a, like sort of half on Iron Man suit. Like that, that's not bond to me. I, it is a lot of fun and I'm glad it exists yeah. as like a benchmark for what not to do, but to still have fun, but what to not do. I, but, I, I, I like it. I I'd rather that than, you know, the, like what was the Roger Moore one with jaws and the, the girl is just making the stupidest jokes moonraker or spy loved me spy loved me yeah yeah like those one-liners are so much worse (laughs) you know egyptian builders and try it in reverse builders shaken not stirred like well stupid times yeah we uh we can completely agree to disagree on that one (laughs) beautiful because yeah or like those ones i don't know it felt more natural not Maybe that's just because it's older. This is like clearly just trying to do that. And it doesn't, I, I don't know. Plus it's just, they're clearly on a sound stage with a bunch of fans blowing at them and just blue screens all around them on that stupid airplane fight at the end. Yeah, that's cool. But that's me. Not my kind of thing. But I did love that we got, I, I got fooled twice by those stupid VR glasses that Bond and Money Penny were finally finally gonna bang. <laughs> Poor Money Penny. That was funny. Like that, that was that was good. Yeah, I, I like that joke, <laughs> and I like that she got busted it's by hard, her. Isn't it, Money Penny? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're like, wait, what? This is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like, I mean, this movie's full of fan service. That's gotta be. Like, you know, so much fan service. Right. Right. There. And to throw it in at the end. Like, that's so yeah. great. Like, thank you for that. <laughs> Did they ever get together? No, it's all. This is the last one with that actress in it. Yeah. Yes. Samantha there's Bond. um. there's some theory about Daniel Craig and his money penny. There's lots with. uh. Yeah. Like, it's all theory and hints. And they talk about things that were or could have been. But explicitly, no, they've never. It's all professional tension <laughs> mutual love and admiration and flirtation that's good yeah mm. do you uh 
just to tease a little bit our upcoming episode, do you know anything about the, uh, f- like in Skyfall, they start to flesh out the Bond world again. Like there's been a bunch of firings or whatever. So new money pennies and cues and whatnot. Do you have any idea, Adam, about like the actors or actresses who play these people? Like, can you picture them at all? Um, no. No, Good. like if if you told me, I it might ring a bell, but I can't conjure it myself. Well, don't look into it. Okay, just enjoy it. <laughs> Besides Q, I, I I can't even think of who plays Money Penny. You say you can't picture Q though? Oh, I can. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Don't tell me. Yeah, well, you'll have to tune in next week. Uh, anything else, folks? I'm all good. There's one more piece of tech I wanted to mention, actually. Okay. All right. The uh, the switchblade there at the end when they're coming into North Korea. Yeah, yeah. That's actually modeled uh, uh, off of a real thing. Mm-hmm. It's called the FAST, the Programmable High Altitude Wrecked Single Soldier Transport. Okay. Interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I thought it was so pointless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the trailer for No Time to Die? Like the long one? Last year. Yeah. There's a scene <laughs> in it where... Bond and the new 007, uh, like it, they're in a small capsule of some sort and eject out of a plane and it turns into this tiny plane and it kind of looked like that. And I wondered if I'm like, wow, they're, they're going there. That looks kind of like no time to die, <laughs> which is a bold move <laughs> for Craig's last. But it's the same kind of like really neat sort of futuristic looking tiny plane that's like clearly for speed and stealth. Yeah, I forget what it's called. <sighs> Switchblade. I'm at the no- it in the movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm at the No Time to Die one. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Have to read about Anna in the Bond Encyclopedia after the new edition <laughs> is published. Yeah. Well, all right. If there's nothing else, people, that was a pretty fun one. We got a almost an hour and a half into uh, Dad Die Another Day. Yeah. And, and honestly, it was a great time. Yeah, I'm, you know, I had much more fun with that than I did other ones that I have actually put in my, like, top half before. And this one has been consistently number 23 for me for quite a while. And I don't think it is anymore. I'm so happy to hear that. (laughs) Me too. It's because, like, I, I defend, I know we haven't got to Spectre yet. I defend Spectre all the time because it drives me crazy how people shit on Spectre just because it's newer yet defend crazy shit that happened in the past in Bond movies. And that's not to say what happened in the past isn't also good. Like I, like I said earlier, you can't hate any of these movies if you're really a big Bond fan, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of a hypocrite because some of the shit I attack die another day for, I praise in, you know, spy who loved me like elaborate layers and ridiculous villains and cheesy lines or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like just cause it's older, like that's stupid. <laughs> I mean, c- kind of like what you said, like y- I like I mean, it's a tangent of what you said about every, like if you're a true bond fan, you love all the movies in some way. I think it's every bond movie has its place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And you got to rank them if you had to like, does Cause that's a part of the fun of being a bond fan is like having these discussions and debating and whatnot. But I don't think you can hate any of them really. Like 
that that's the big thing. And I've had fun with a little bit of fun with almost all of them. Some of them are harder to get through, but yeah, I certainly don't hate this <laughs> very far from hate this one. It was, mm-hmm. I was excited for it cause I know that it's always at least silly and fun, but I actually saw more good in it than I remembered. So that's good. It's, I know I would watch this one again and have a great time. Well, that's nice. Cause you, you haven't said that about all of them. In fact, very no, few. Definitely not. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to add on to that. That uh, I think I'll paraphrase uh, a big uh, survey that was done of Bond fanatics and fans, super fans, uh, and they surveyed like the order. But they also stated that every film has a fan that it, it is his favorite. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So you know. Yeah, there are people like well, I was doing this live tweet and uh, I did it on Instagram and on Twitter and people were messaging me like my favorite guilty pleasure one, or I secretly actually love this one. Like there, it's funny. Cause there are some that people are like ashamed to admit they like, because you know, they're not revered by critics. Like everyone feels like they have to say they love Goldfinger from Russia with love or whatever. Cause they're so high ranked among the critics, but it's great when you have just bold, heroic people out there saying die another day is my favorite one. I love it. I, I might be one of those people. We'll see. I'll, I'll dwell on it a bit. That's awesome. For me, it's definitely between that (laughs) Spectre and Goldeneye. And I know that's no regular fans, like, by any means. I just, I might have to pull that quote for... To me, my favorites are either Die Another Day, Spectre. And if you like threw in, I don't know, You Only Live Twice or something, that would have like broke the Twitter community because nobody's <laughs> top three are those three. Broke the Twitter feed with 10, <laughs> 10 retweets. It's funny. It seems like there's so much pressure among the community to like, no, oh, we but, don't like this one. We love nah, this one. It's not really because they also like the good ones. And there's a few outliers who like, you know, really shit on Quantum of solace there's so much hate on that and specter for some reason and a few other ones but by and large when people are like you know what octopus is my least favorite and quantum of solace is my second favorite they're like whoa bold choice that's crazy that's hilarious good for you that's awesome like they just think it's <laughs> crazy but exciting that somebody so disagrees or so has a different opinion oh so out of the norm man yeah Yay. yeah it's nice. Although, like, more and more I'm seeing people are like, you know what? I don't like From Russia With Love. I find it boring. <laughs> like, I think that that's crazy, but good. For, I can see why a lot of people would think that. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things we've learned over this project is uh, it depends on the mood, man. Like, sometimes oh, From Russia With ever. Love is the worst one you could put on if you feel a certain way. Yeah, you can say that about this one. You don't need to... Actually, you do kind of need to be in a certain mood. You got to be in a good mood. You got to want to have fun. But like, it's easier to be yeah. in the mood to watch this movie than even Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Maybe not that one because it's also really fun. But like, mm-hmm. From Russia with Love for sure is like an actual spy film. But where... if, if you were like, I want some serious shit right now, like I want some depth, and then you throw on Die Another Day, you're gonna be like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> yeah. Or like, want to introduce Bond to your film fanatic kind of film snob sibling or good friend you're not going to yeah, do die yeah. another day no although we did that to poor michael with diamonds are forever <laughs> poor michael yeah all right yeah all bond movies have their pros and cons and like you said 
Ryan, everyone's got their uh, there's what'd you say there uh, every, every movie has their fan yeah every movie somebody thinks it's the best Bond movie yeah and I'm gonna start reframing mine instead of from best to worst it's gonna be from best to least best <laughs> there you go buddy <laughs> I did see somebody once say like yeah there is the worst Bond movie ever but the worst Bond movie ever is still better than most other movies <laughs> Which I don't even agree with. Not even no, close. No. But <laughs> I really don't. Like, I, as I've said before, I like it because it's fun and it's a warm blanket and all those metaphors. But that's a bit much. But it's a funny quote. All right. So people can find us at 007 Bon Voyage on Twitter and Instagram. And the email is 007 Bon Voyage at gmail.com. Yes, it is. Thanks for coming, Ryan. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Uh, well, that's what you get when you live on the road. That's right. <laughs> we got it sorted. Thanks for joining us for your third episode. Hopefully, uh, well, we'll give you the details later, but hopefully you'll be down for our special episode coming up in a few weeks. A special episode? Like, like we're doing, we doing? Uh, uh, we're going to have a bunch of guests over and have a few cocktails for a Bon Voyage, Bon Voyage to Adam moving and whatnot. Yeah. All right, folks. All right. Uh, we will return with Skyfall next week. Tune in. Can't wait. Bon voyage, everyone. Bon voyage. <laughs>